a very, very close friend of mine. She's back this morning. Nicole, good morning. Good morning, Sid. How are you? I'm okay. We had a late night in Washington, uh, and, uh, you know, we're expecting to go back to the district today. But, yeah. uh, you know, every day is a new battle. In this I place. had a late night, too, at Rayo's. Not exactly Washington, but a late night, too. Yeah, I would rather have been at Rayo's. <laughs> yeah, I know you would. So, and I texted you at about 6 o'clock this morning, and you were having coffee. And that does beg the question, what kind of coffee does our proud Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis drink every morning? Oh, man. I, I, you know, I bounce, I bounce back and forth between, like, chock full of nuts and Folgers and Dunkin' Donuts. I think Dunkin' Donuts is my favorite. Uh, they're my favorite, too. Much more than Starbucks. Are these Keurigs? You make a whole pot of coffee. Oh, Keurig. Well, it depends <laughs> where I am. Yeah. When, I'm, when, I'm, when I'm home in Staten Island, it's the pot of coffee. When I'm here, it's the Keurig. So, you know. So, here, so you're, you're in D.C. this morning. For folks that uh, don't know why you're there, uh, give them a heads up. Why is Nicole Maliotakis in D.C. this morning? Why were you working late last night? So uh, we're working on the National Defense Authorization Act, um, which is basically uh, all the funding that we put in place for all uh, national defense for our military. Um, and it's a very important piece of legislation. Uh, national security is obviously has to be a top priority of ours. Um, but in particular, we're looking for ways to improve the lives of our military men and women. We want to increase base housing allowance. We're looking to increase their salaries. The stories of our military men and women going to food pantries uh, to to get food for their families is a disgrace. It's a national disgrace, and we have to address that issue. And so we're working on that, and also we're working on ending some of the woke policies that we've been seeing uh, in our military where we're focusing more on this inclusivity as opposed to actually being ready, you know, readiness. Right. Um, and yeah. the threats that we face um, whether it be uh, from Iran or Russia or communist China, we need to be prepared. Uh, we can't be playing games. No, I agree. I've had these conversations with Colonel Keene, Colonel Jacobs, the woke army, and what it really means, you know, thank God right now we're not in a, in a big battle, but, you know, China can change that in 24 hours. And are we ready for that? And all these Really decorated, great servicemen seem to think we're not. They still think we're the greatest, most powerful army in the world. But all this woke conversation does nothing but hurt us. But I do want to bring it back to the vets. We're so worried about the migrants, treating the migrants nicely, get them a hotel, get them an Xbox, get them Yankee tickets, whatever it is, and the homeless as well. Why is it that still, still, this country hasn't figured out how to treat our most brave men and women? Why is that? Yeah, you're absolutely right, and that's uh, what the Republican uh, proposal uh, pushes for, to make sure that we're in, improving the lives. And, and what's frustrating is you, know, you say you want to you increase the salary for our military. I mean, you can work at McDonald's, some McDonald's in this country, for more money than serving in the actual signing up for the military. Uh, and it's really, truly a disgrace. Um, and when you say you want to increase the salary, all of a sudden it's like we don't have the money for it, but we have all this money. Uh, billions and billions of dollars to be spending on individuals who crossed over our country or, you know, more more money uh, to be sending to Ukraine or more money for all sorts of other purposes to secure the borders of other countries. And yet when it comes to securing our own borders, uh, this administration is not prioritizing. And so our, um, our proposal that we're going to be putting forward and 
and passing today is going to reflect those priorities. And then it goes over to the Senate, right? And and I'm sure Schumer will mess it up somehow. Um, and then we have to fight over it. I mean, that's, at the end of the day, this is something that needs to be done. We need to fund our military. We need to make sure they have the resources. But we want to cut out the waste and the abuse and the unnecessary uh, spending within the Department of Defense that we that we all read about and, and see every each and every day. And so it's about it's a balancing act, uh, and we should be taking that money instead of these woke programs. Let let's actually improve the lives of the men and women and encourage more men and women to want to join the U.S. Armed Forces, the greatest armed forces in the country and the world. Nicole Mudder-Tak is joining us live from Washington, D.C. this morning. So you all beat Max Rose twice. Democrats, uh, you went through all this redistricting stuff. I think you did the gerrymandering during your your two races against Max, but they have certainly figured out a way to, uh, well, they tried at least to mess up the map to make sure that Republicans can't win. Now, I did see this morning the New York State Appeals Court is looking to redistrict again. What is the latest with that? Do you know? Yeah, so to to sum it up uh, for everyone, in 2014, the people of New York overwhelmingly said they didn't want politics to be dictating the gerrymandering or the drawing of our districts. They wanted independence, right? Uh, They didn't – and this was after, by the way, and and then there was a cynical attempt by the Democrats to actually put up another referendum a couple of years ago to take that power back. And again, the people of the state of New York rejected it. But here we have the Albany Democrats once again trying to grab power. What they're trying to say is that they should be entitled and the commission that they put in place should be entitled to redrawing the map one more time as opposed to what happened last year, which was that it went to a court-appointed independent master who was an academic using computer models uh, at a university. Um, And you couldn't get more independent maps than what we had. We had the most competitive races Uh, in probably the country, and certainly in a long time here in the state of New York, which is why Republicans won 11 out of the 26 seats. Democrats are somehow saying that's unfair because the maps were actually competitive and didn't tilt in their favor for the first time in a long time. So what's happening is they've sued again to try to, uh, you know, change the maps, and uh, they won in a very uh, liberal, political, politically charged court in the mid-level court, and now it's going to go to the Court of Appeals. Uh, We're hopeful that the Court of Appeals will do what they did last time and overturn it. However, we do know that the judges now are different. Um, And so that is obviously a concern. We hope that all the judges maintain the integrity and and the letter letter of the law, because quite frankly, there is zero legal case here for the Democrats, zero. And um, it, it would be wrong for these maps to be changed. And not only wrong, but it would be against the constitution of the state that says you can't change the maps mid-decade until the next census. Uh, So again, the maps that were um, produced by the independent master can't get more independent uh, than that. And and by giving it to a a commission that was appointed by the state legislature will just politicize the process again and jeopardize uh, four to six Republican seats and perhaps the entire majority of the House of Representatives should this happen? Last week, I had your borough president, Vito Pocella, and I love Vito. He's a great guy, really. I know he's on with John. He's on a bunch of shows. And I know Vito because of John. Thank you for that, Mr. Casmatidis. But I really like the guy. We were talking about uh, this migrant crisis and how now uh, schools, Eric Adams is considering already doing, I'm not even sure where we are in the process, 
putting these migrants in schools, and one of those schools is uh, Newdorp on your borough of Staten Island. Where are we with that? And I would imagine you agree with Vito Bosella that uh, no thanks, right? No thanks. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with uh, Vito. And we've been working together to push back on what the mayor's been doing. Uh, We believe that the mayor has completely misinterpreted New York City's right to shelter law. It was intended for New York's homeless citizens. And the fact that you have more people who are citizens of other countries in New York City shelters and these new makeshift shelters than actual American citizens, while you see the American citizens um, on the streets all over our city, is truly a disgrace and shows you the backwards priorities. Um, Look, three things need to be done, okay? We need a new president who's actually going to secure the border and undo these ridiculous policies. Republicans are going to do what we can in the House to use the upcoming budget process to use our leverage to try to get some changes at the border, uh, or else we're just not going to fund this, fund Homeland Security. And, 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 And we have to fund Homeland Security, but none of the money that's going to these Nonprofit organizations, right, that are helping to facilitate this illegal human uh, trafficking, okay? Because the only people that are benefiting this are the cartel. And, and the mayor saying, you know, well, if we just allow them to work, the issue with this is the, the president has created such a mess with allowing six, six, over six million individuals to enter our country this way that the courts are so backlogged that it's like 10 years to get a court date. So even if you said they can work or comply for a work permit after 30 days, they can't even get that approval from a judge. So it's, it's what he's saying is not realistic. What's realistic is we need to secure the border, stop the flow. We need to add more judges to hear these cases swiftly to determine who's a legitimate asylum seeker and not. Those who are not need to be deported. Um, but what they're doing right now is inundating the system it's unfair to those individuals who who followed our process, did everything right, and now they're bogged down in court because a bunch of people decided they wanted to cut the line. And the mayor is just encouraging it by offering free housing. And the interesting thing is the city's telling me, well, now they're coming from other cities to yeah. New York City. Of course they are. They're getting right. free housing. <laughs> who wouldn't come to New York City I know. Yeah, no, you're right. No, I think he's doing a bad job with that, too. And Nicole Malotaka, 60 seconds to go. When uh, Vito was on last week, I brought up something that Joe Borelli, your friend, brings up with me all the time, and that is he would like to see Staten Island secede from the rest of the boroughs. What are your thoughts on that, Nicole? Look, I think that every day there's more and more people on Staten Island that don't want to be a part of uh, New York City. And quite frankly, they're starting to not want to be a part of New York State. And, and why is that, is, that be, is that because of Adams and Hochul, the crime and all those issues? Why is that? Yeah, because the one-party rule is destroying our city and our state. And quite frankly, no one on Staten Island uh, – well, I should say no one. People did vote for Governor Hochul. People did vote for Mayor Adams. But the majority did not. And so, you know, we're still being subjected to their policies that are so destructive. Crime is is soaring on Staten Island. If you look at the ComStat statistics by the NYPD, before Staten Island was kind of like isolated. But now you're seeing that crime wave move from the other boroughs onto Staten Island, whether it's car thefts, robberies, um, burglaries. Uh, murders. It is there. These these statistics keep going up on Staten Island. It's very problematic. We had a young man, 35 years old, uh, deli owner, killed uh, by in a, in a, in a robbery 
um, recently, and it really shook the entire borough. But things like this are going to continue to happen if yep. you have terrible policies put yep. in place. Yep. And unfortunately, Lee Zeldin didn't win because he would have changed it. Yep. He would have repealed the bail law. And that's really what we need, not these little little tiny Band-Aids that the governor puts on and then says he's, he's fixing the bail law. Uh, and, and again, it's all about power. It's all about one-party rule with these guys. Uh, they, they don't listen to what the electorate is saying. Nearly half of the state said they wanted a new governor. Uh, 61% of New Yorkers are saying they don't feel safe, and yet the mayor and the governor are saying, oh, it's just a perception. Yeah. It's a perception because we're reading about it every single day in the newspaper. And we sure. want them to do something about it, add cops, repeal the bail law, and give cops the tools they need to do their job. Well done, Nicole. You're always a terrific guest. You really are. So good luck in D.C. today. Have a great weekend. We'll do it again very soon. You're great. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you. All right, Nicole Maliotakis.